These students, who have been impacted greatly by his teaching, requested Pastor Pratt as a speaker. For instance, our son Nehemiah refers to Pastor Pratt and to Mr. Silva as two of his best friends. Pastor Pratt has trusted the Lord by God's grace to do many wonderful things throughout his lifetime. He attributes it all to God's grace. You can see that in the title of his book, God Helps Those Who Cannot Help Themselves. Pastor Pratt has also written the book, My Confession of Faith. I have known Pastor Pratt for over 30 years. He is a man of consistently godly character and possesses a wellspring of the Lord's joy. Please welcome our commencement speaker, Pastor Charles Wayne Pratt. Thank you so much, Dr. Schweitzer. I love this school. Many of you may not know this, but it's been about a year and three months since I've been in the school building. And this is a very emotional moment for me to be here today, to see a lot of faces that I haven't seen in well over a year. And thank God I've been with the seniors every day on Zoom, but it's just not quite the same as being here in person. And this is also a very special day because my wife, Shereen Pratt, is here with me. This is the first real event she's come for out in public in well over a year and a half. So. You guys asked me to come here and speak to you today. It is an honor. I really mean that. I'm, I'm honored that you would have thought that of me. And I want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, I'm very proud of each one of you. And I was thinking back to my high school days and trying to imagine going through some of the things you guys have come through, uh, not the least of which is a global pandemic which has forever changed everything in the world. I can't imagine being a high schooler processing all that's gone on in the last year and a half. And somehow God has given you the grace and the ability to press through all of that. And here you are today. Some of these young people have been hospitalized. They've had serious injuries that required surgery. I never had to face any of that as a high schooler. And I realized this is a special group that we have here before us today. Um, they have true grit. They've already come to grips with the fact that life is not always a cakewalk. They realize there's, there's, there are challenges, there are things they have to press through and they have to overcome. And they have overcome many, many challenges. Family tragedies, uh, injuries I mentioned, and other things. And praise God, they're here today and they're ready to move on forward to a new chapter in their life. I think we can give them a little bit of applause.
have a short scripture passage that I want to read today that I believe is appropriate for this little time we have. It's from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. It reads, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The passage tells us that there's a race for us to run. It's not a race of our choosing. It's not a race that we necessarily would like. It says very clearly, and I like this translation, it's a race that has been marked out for us. And you may be the best runner in the world. Now, Dr. Schweitzer would be the expert on this. Sometimes I'm driving up Montgomery Village Avenue, and I see the principle of living grace. (laughs) You may be the fastest runner in the world. But if you don't show up in the right place at the right time and stay on the track, you're not going to win any minute. Those race tracks are marked out. They're set before the runners, and the runners must stay inside that track or they're disqualified. God has a race that He's planned for every one of us. It's very interesting, this word in Greek actually can also translate as career. Many of you speak Spanish, it's actually carrera, the same word for race and career. So there is a career, but it's not just, oh, I want to be a lawyer, or I want to make a lot of money, so I'm going to become a doctor. It's not just a profession. It is a course of life that God has pre-planned and marked out for every one of you. And from time to time, he will come along in your life and maybe whisper to you, maybe shout to you in a thousand different ways to show you you're on the course. Stay on the course. You're on the course and I am with you. And please hear me. There is no better place in the world to be than on that track. Stay on it with all your determination. Stay on it with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the best place in all of the world for you to be on God's racetrack. He has a course for us. He has a race for us. Don't just choose a career or a profession or something that you want to do. Find out what that course is. God has uniquely gifted you, wired you, designed you to run that course, not somebody else's. And that's where you will find maximum joy, maximum fulfillment in life. There's nothing like staying on that course. 
The passage also tells us how to run the race. There's only one way this race can be run. It's looking unto Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. He's the starter of the race, and he's the finisher of the race. He starts you running, and he's going to be at the finish line to welcome you across that final line. There's no other way to run the race. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Wherever you are, whatever's going on, let that be a daily prayer. Lord, help me to keep my focus on you. Help me to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. It goes on to say, consider him who endured so much, including the cross, for you and for me, so that we won't grow weary and lose heart. Stay on the course. Many scriptures I was looking at recently are very clear. They say, don't turn to the left and don't turn to the right. Stay on track. God says there'll be a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. Don't go to the right. Don't go to the left. This is the right way. He's the author and finisher of our faith. There are many things the Lord will be teaching you in coming days, weeks, months, and years, as He is all of us, about faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. The writer says in the previous chapter of Hebrews, He's the author and finisher of our faith. That's an area of your life He's going to constantly be training you, teaching you, and working with you to trust in Him with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I don't care what challenge, what mountain, what demon, what difficulty you face. God is bigger. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. There's nothing impossible with Him. Trust God. Cry out to God in your darkest moments and you'll find out that He's there. Hallelujah. It also says here, this is not a sprint. It's an endurance race. It takes perseverance. Let us run with perseverance. And as I shared when I was introducing Nemo, a number of you have been an inspiration to me, and I mean that sincerely, seeing the things you have pressed through, the things you've persevered through. You've already begun to learn some of these very, very hard lessons that it's not always going to be easy. We need endurance. We need perseverance to keep pushing through difficulties. Romans 5 tells us that suffering produces perseverance and endurance, and they in turn produce character and hope. Now, I've got to bring just a little bit of science in here. Can I do that? <laughs> Life's challenges produce something called stress wood. Anybody ever heard of stress wood? Good, I never had either until a few weeks ago. And I'm a biologist. There was a fascinating experiment conducted in Arizona 
back in the early 1990s, actually uh, from 1991 to 1993, it was called Biodome. And they constructed this huge glass geodesic dome. It was like a gigantic greenhouse. And they had what was hopefully a perfect, balanced environment inside of that biodome. And they even had, this is interesting, eight people, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight people living inside that dome for two years. And they would bring busloads of tourists there, and they would be looking in from outside through the glass at the people inside the biodome. And toward the end of the two years, they finally had to get the people out of there because they were about to crack up. It was really driving them nuts living inside this biodome. But here's my point. In this perfect paradise, the trees grew tall and green, and suddenly, one by one, all of the trees began to fall over and die in this perfect paradise. And the scientists were puzzled. They couldn't figure out, why are all of these trees dying? And you know what they found out? They lacked stressed wood. Trees, you see, need to go through drought, storms, wind, lightning, fire. They need to face the stresses of normal life. Otherwise, they don't develop this stress wood, which, which helps them to stand strong. They don't send roots deep down into the soil when they don't have to endure droughts, dry times, difficulties. You see, God in His loving providence doesn't place us in a perfect biome. <laughs> and although you've been a little bit sheltered here at Living Grace, get ready. Because I think you've had a little taste of the real world, but it's not a biodome. It's a broken world. It's a broken world where God will be with us and God will use us in the midst of that brokenness to both grow in our own character and to be able to help others as well. So, thank God for every opportunity that He gives you to build up some more stress wood. So when you come back and visit us next year, you're all going to visit us, right? I'm going to ask you, how much stress wood have you built up this year? Tell me some of the experiences God took you through where He built up your endurance. He built up your character. You've grown in this perseverance as you run after the Lord Jesus Christ. My final encouragement and challenge for you today comes from another well-known portion of Scripture in Joshua chapter 1. And I believe the Lord would say this to you. I will give you every place where you set your foot. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. So that 
you may be successful. Wherever you go, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Young people, be strong in God's grace. Place your feet firm. Take your stand for the Lord as you move from this place to wherever it is that God is taking you next. Don't compromise. Don't turn to the right or the left. Don't forget the things that God has taught you and spoken to you through your parents, through your peers, through your teachers, through your pastors. Run after not money, not fame, not the things of this world. Run after the one who has loved you with an everlasting love. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. The Lord will be with you in whatever situations you have to face. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. The same one who spoke, and we did the math on this long ago, the same one who spoke one septillion stars into existence with his word, he will never fail you. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. There's nothing impossible for the creator of heaven and earth. He will, as we heard uh, in the song, he's going to fight the battles. He will come to your rescue. You are more than conquerors through Christ who has loved you and will continue to love you. So get going. Go forth and run your race. Let's pray. Father, I'm so grateful for these eight young people. Lord, I believe they're hand-picked. I believe they're special in your sight. And Lord, even at a young age, you've allowed them to go through trials, tribulations, the challenges of life, to build up stress wood, to develop real grit, real character, that they're going to continue to build upon as they move on from living grace to wherever it is that you have planned for them next. Lord, I pray that you would lead them, guide them, bless them, and make them a blessing. Lord, let them remember all the words that you have planted in their hearts. Let them continue to run after Jesus, the author and the finisher of their faith. Be glorified in all that they say, in all that they do. Teach them, Lord, that they can trust you in every situation. And you will never fail them. You will never forsake them. You will be with them always to the end of the age. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Pratt.